Today's episode is brought to you by Jerk Boss Jerky. Is your boss a demeaning tyrant? Do you love beef jerky? If the answer to these questions is yes, do I have the product for you? Jerk Boss Jerky is salty and tough, just like your boss. But unlike your boss, Jerk Boss Jerky always satisfies. So the next time your boss pisses you off, bite into some Jerk Boss Jerky and watch your worries melt away while it melts in your mouth. Jerk Boss Jerky. Because no one cares about your boss's stupid podcast. Clarence, what the fuck? From the Florida border up to Nashville, Tennessee, this is Skinnerd Reconsidered, the only podcast where I review every single Leonard Skinnerd song. I am your host, The Simple Man, and guess what, Freebirds? We are back home in Tennessee. The last few podcasts, we've been broadcasting from out in Southern California. We're back home. So good to be home. The family's great. I will say, though, tensions are running pretty high between me and Clarence. And I'm feeling a little off my game. He's put me in a bad mood, so um, I'll do my best. Let's move on. Not dwell on that. Today we have another Leonard Skinner song for you. This one is called Swamp Music. It is presumably about swamps or music or something. And this song was written by Ed King and Ronnie Van Zant. So let's not delay any further. By Leonard Skinner. This is Swamp Music. Has Skinner ever not opened a song with a great guitar riff? Prime Skinner, that is. Ronnie's going down to the swamp. He's going to watch him, a hound dog, catch him a coon. I want to be very clear about this. By coon, I'm 99.99% sure that he means raccoon. So don't get nervous. Back to you, Ronnie. Another song in this album about fishing. Ronnie's favorite thing to do was to fish. Apparently, even after fame hit, he would often talk about retiring early and just fishing all day and all night. That's what he loved. So he says, Fetch my cane pole, mama. Gonna catch a brim or maybe two. I think a brim is a fish. Cane pole, I suppose, is 
fishing pole. Look, I'm from the South, and I'm barely following these lyrics, so I'm trying to help you out. But I like the verse a lot. I like that sort of busy guitar playing in the verse. Once again, I know I said Bob Burns isn't my favorite, but but he's laying down a nice drum groove. This is another Skinner song where it just kind of chugs along, and you can't help but get caught up in it. It's like great driving music. If you were to dance, it would be great dancing music, probably. So I like this verse, and I like that he says, When the hound dogs start barking, sounds like old Sunhouse singing the blues. <laughs> That's an actual sound coming from the upstairs of my house. I'm downstairs. I don't have some crazy sound effects CD with cartoon car crash noises. That's something that actually just occurred. I have no space for myself. Free birds when I'm trying to record in here. That's the sound I guarantee of probably multiple Barbie houses crashing down for some unknown reason. Well, it's easier to podcast out in California, I'll tell you that. But, happy to be home. Anyways, I was trying to say, the last lyric of the first verse is, When the hound dogs start barking, sounds like old Sunhouse singing the blues. I think it's a cool line. Once again, Ronnie is talking about his love for the blues. Sunhouse is one of these great old blues legends who, you hipsters, you probably wouldn't listen to Skinnerd. You probably think Sunhouse is cool. If I was cooler, I would know more about him and actually listen to him. All right, let's get into the chorus. And that's where the song loses me a little bit. In the chorus, hound dogs sing that swamp, 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 swamp music. Swamp, 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 swamp music. I know I'm not actually singing it like Ronnie. He did a better job than me. I'll give him that. But the chorus is just a little too simple. It almost sounds silly to me. And then the guitar line echoes Ronnie's singing. It's just, I don't know, it's kind of annoying actually to me. That swamp, 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 swamp music part. Oh, he's singing like a dang old hound dog himself. He's acting like a hound dog. The solos all work on this album. Yeah, I 
Right, Ronnie. Take it home. Ronnie'd rather live with a hound dog. Alright, Free Birds, that was Swamp Music by Leonard Skinnerd. I like that song, I really do. I just I don't care for the chorus. I think a, a better chorus could have really taken this one over the top. But it's a fun, quick song that I do enjoy if I don't necessarily go back to extremely often. Let's do a Ronnie Rumbles today. I'm kind of in a rumbling mood if I were a dude who knew how to rumble. And this one's pretty bad, um, so brace yourself, folks. Imagine this, free birds. The year is 1975. The setting? A hotel bar in Hamburg, Germany. The characters, well, I think you know the characters. Ronnie Van Zant and the rest of Leonard Skinnerd. So they're drinking at this hotel bar in Germany a year after the album we're listening to was released. And this is the first time in their lives they'd ever tried peppermint schnapps. The guys usually stuck to whiskey or bourbon. So they're drinking peppermint schnapps and it tastes pretty sweet. It's going down easy. So it's not long before Ronnie is very drunk and therefore very angry. No one has a clue why he's mad, but he decides to take out his aggression on the road manager. He takes a swing at him and everyone tries to pull Ronnie away. Of course, this makes him even angrier and he decides to grab a bottle and smash it over the head of the road manager. He then turns to Gary Rossington with the broken bottle and says, I'm going to cut your hands. You will never play guitar again. That's his old pal. One of the founding members and one of the three legendary guitar players for Leonard Skinner. And Ronnie's going to cut his hands so he can never play again. Sounds like an empty threat, right? Nope. Ronnie makes good on his promise and he starts just slashing away at Gary's hands. Not one time, not two times, not three times, not four... Okay. He cuts Gary's hands 11 times. There is blood everywhere, and Gary is rushed to the hospital where he gets a ton of stitches. So all this is totally cool, but there is one problem. This is only the afternoon, and Skinnerd have a show to play that night. Gary, incredibly, shows up and plays the show with bandaged hands, bleeding all over the strings. I don't know if this part is true, but according to at least one account, Ronnie continued after he attacked Gary and broke his hand on someone's head, so he also had a cast on his hand. The show must go on, right? That's a pretty good Ronnie Rumble. You might be wondering why the guys in Skinner put up with all this, but Ronnie was like a dad to all the guys perhaps an abusive dad, which actually makes it all much sadder. But almost every member of Leonard Skinner grew up without a dad. Alan Collins said his dad only started showing up when the checks did. Gary Rossington's dad died when he was very young. 
Ed King's dad committed suicide. Leon Wilkinson's dad was around, but Ed King said he was, quote, the weirdest human being I have ever met in my life. He was abusive, a nasty, mean little man with the personality of a thumb, end quote. Artemis Pyle, who we haven't quite gotten into yet, but we will on the next album, his dad died in a, wait for it, a plane crash in 1971. Artemis said, quote, he was killed instantly. That kept me from really losing my mind because dad never suffered. He was doing what he loved and then he was gone, end quote. Which kind of foreshadows Ronnie in the plane crash. We're going to talk about more later, of course. So, but Ronnie was just a little bit older than most of the other guys, and during their formative years, high school, he sort of took control and showed them how to live, how to get by, and so he was a dad to them. So he was the boss, and they would accept that. Interestingly, Ronnie himself did have a father. His name was Lacey, and the Van Zant boys... Ronald, Donald, and John all seem to love him very much. I'm not going to speculate on what kind of a man or father he was. From what I've gathered, he was exactly what you'd expect from someone who would produce Ronnie. He was a charming, charismatic guy. He liked to drink and could get pretty tough, pretty violent at times. Now for the weather. It is currently an unseasonably cool 65 degrees as we head into the night. Tomorrow's forecast calls for partly cloudy skies with a 70% chance of rain. So bring those umbrellas. The high is 82 with a low of 58. So now for my review of the song. I'm going to deduct 8 tenths of a point for the chorus, which I'm not crazy about, and 1 tenth of a point for the use of the word coon. Even if it's not racist, I'm going to deduct 1 tenth of a point. So I'm going to give this one 4.1 Skinners. Out of 5 Skinners, 4.1 Skinners. I like this one. It's good. Maybe not one of my very favorites, but it's a good one. I guess I'm doing these reviews like some people tip waiters. Have you ever seen or heard of or been one of those people that lies out the maximum tip at the beginning of the meal at a restaurant and then you deduct from the tip? Whenever the waiter or waitress does anything you deem unacceptable, you take away a dollar or two. Apparently that's how I do these reviews, or at least I did today. By the way, if you tip like that, stop it. You're being an asshole. Now to the dad review. He says, probably inspired by the day spent at the Hell House working on the music. And that's a really great point from dad I didn't even think about. These guys knew about swamp music. They honed their craft in the Hell House in the swamps of northern Florida. And then, of course, they later died in the swamps of Gillsburg, Mississippi. Anyway, back to Dad. He then goes on to say, This isn't one of the most inspiring or interesting songs on the album to me. Rating 2.5. Another low rating from Dad. I can't complain about this one, really. This isn't one of the best Skinnerd songs, is it? Boy, does my dad love Leonard Skinnerd, apparently. In my memory, at least. We'll get to the bottom of this, Freebirds. I swear I wasn't lying to you. Dad loves Skinnerd. Well, that's about it for today, but... What? Clarence, no. Clarence, I'm not going to read it. 
You think I'm an idiot? I know what you're doing. Okay, sorry about that, Freebird. Sorry for the interruption. Uh, Clarence has pointed out that our sponsor today sent us a check that has already been cashed for this particular ad, so contractually, I am obligated to read it. Is this how you're spending your mom's inheritance, Clarence? Shameful. All right, so let's get through this. This ad clearly written by Clarence. Let's see what he has to say. Our sponsor today is Jerk Boss Jerky. Are you tired of your boss and his stupid ideas? Does your boss have unrealistic expectations? Really? Is it embarrassing to watch him continually chase a foolish dream that has zero chance of success? Eat some Jerk Boss Jerky. And the next time your boss asks you to work on a stupid project, you turn it down. Oh, come on, Clarence. Really, very clever. Turn it up, turn it down, I get it. You know what, maybe if you put half the energy into this show that you put in that stupid ad, we might have something here, okay? No, this conversation is not over. Cla Don't walk away. Clarence, who the hell do you think you are trying to do this on the middle of the show? Hey, Freebird, sorry about that. Kind of lost my cool. I do apologize, we had to cut a little bit. Clarence and I had a conversation. It appears we're at a bit of an impasse. This situation between the two of us is no longer tenable. I tried to explain to him that I'm the talent. This is my show. It was my idea. I created all this. But as producer, he thinks he's in charge, apparently. So I said, Clarence, why don't you try to do it without me? Love to see that. And Clarence said, no problem. I've already got it all figured out. So I don't know what that means. I'm sure that Clarence will fall flat on his face without me, but sometimes you got to put your foot down. So I told Clarence, I'm not doing the next episode. The next song in this album is The Needle in the Spoon. It's one of my favorite Skinner songs. I'd love to do it. And the saddest part is that you, the Freebirds out there, will be punished, will suffer along with me because I'm not going to do that episode. Clarence, who thinks he runs the podcast, is going to figure it out on his own. I have no idea what that means. So tune in next week. Maybe there will be an episode. Maybe there won't. I have no idea. I can tell you I will be back to finish up the album with a song called Call Me the Breeze. But until then, sorry free birds. I must be traveling on. <laughs> <laughs>